For those who prefer Linux or are simply curious about Linux and other open source technologies, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to episode number 298 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday, the 2nd of April. It is. 2013. Nice to see you. Welcome, everyone. Hillary, how are you doing? Fabulous. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. How was your Easter? Oh, you know, lots of chocolate, lots of food. Sounds rough. It's a hard life, you know. Three straight days of chocolate and then the chocolate sales afterwards. That that was my weekend. Tell me about it. Yeah. It was good. Now I'm here. I'm like, well, the kids got all these bags of chocolate. I didn't get uh, any bags of chocolate, so I'm buying bags of chocolate. For half off. I can do that. Yeah, that's acceptable, (laughs) right? Of course. (laughs) Totally. But yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm a little... I I was super hyper, and then I think I had like the sugar The sugar crash? But I Should we be like, ah... But I had a hunk of chocolate icing before I came. And Just like that? Some, we yeah, got some chocolate like Easter eggs there. And now there's some eggs that here, helps. so yeah. I'll be like, well, I heard by the end of the show. <laughs> Don't worry. Perfect. <laughs> by the end of the show, we're bouncing off the walls. Woo-hoo! Just like that. How about you? How are you doing at home? Nice to see you. Thanks for being here tonight. Mm-hmm. We love having everybody. Yeah. We've got a lot happening this show, don't you know? We sure do. Coming up in the news, get this. Ooh, yeah. Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. <laughs> Ooh yeah. Open source gaming console is here. Ooh yeah. Cue sound effects. <laughs> Apple is having trouble securing the trademark for the iPad mini. Hmm. An electronic implant has been designed to reduce obesity. And lastly, really? Displayer brings us one step closer to holographic with an oh with an interactive touchscreen that you can't touch and has no screen. What does Wait this all mean? Stick around, because these stories are coming up later in the show. Looking forward to hearing more. Mm-hmm. Sounds cool. Always does. I'm excited to hear about Ouya as well. Ooh-ya. That's a uh, console Ooh-ya. we've been watching for <laughs> for some time. Yeah. So, cool it's stuff. going to be sweet. Nice to see people in the chat room, uh, and uh, nice to have everybody joining us live tonight. If you're watching on YouTube, hey, check out our Google uh, Plus Hangout as well, uh, because after the show tonight, we're going to spend a couple minutes just chatting with you, hanging out backstage, and uh, you can ask your questions, interact. Hangouts are cool that way, because you can actually talk back to us, Oh yeah, and, uh, and we can just kind of hang out, hence the fancy name, Hangouts. How do you like that? Tonight, what are we doing? Uh, We're going to be looking at Android OS 4.1. We're going to be sticking it on a PC. We're going to be running it on Linux, but it'll work on Windows, on Mac, on any kind of hardware you can throw at it. We're going to be able to run that operating system using what? Virtualization. Ooh. It's all free. It's all there for the taking. So stick around. We're going to be showing you how to do that. I think that's kind of exciting. I'm excited to learn, Mm -hmm. to see. What does this all mean? We'll find out. What, what does it mean? <laughs> Guest Harry, nice to see you. Jot, A. Jameson. Invincible Mutant, hey. All right, what else have we got? Uh, well, we're going to have to take a qu- really quick break, but in the meantime, uh, just before we do that, I want to make mention as well, uh, we're talking about mobile devices tonight, mm-hmm. Android. Um, I've got my iPod Touch here, and if you've got an iDevice, all you have to do is go over to m.catlive.tv, scan that QR code, and uh, you'll be able to bring up our mobile website, which is uh, kind of cool because you can actually watch the show live from your device. You can watch it on demand afterwards. If you don't catch this live, you can watch it through your, uh, through your mobile device, oh, yeah. wherever you are. 
while you're driving around, but hopefully someone else is behind the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> it's great for the kids. You know, here kids, watch Category 5. <laughs> Hand them the iPhone or the Android device. How do you like that? I love it. That works. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> My kids call it the daddy show. They do. Yeah. Got to be quiet for the daddy show. <laughs> quiet down. The daddy show is starting. <laughs> That's it's, pretty much how it goes. It's cute. I All like right. it. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com You are watching Category 5, and Category5.tv is a member of the Patek Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. As well, we are members of the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Awesome. Thanks, Hill. I want to say greetings uh, to our new viewers tonight, mm-hmm. um, those who have recently just registered on our website. We've got Ebron. Welcome. We've got Scooty Duck 42 who we saw in the chat room last oh, week. Yeah. It's nice to have you joining our, we- uh, our actual web community by signing up uh, as a registered viewer on our website. Giga Flux, like Flux Capacitor, I, I presume. Yeah, like, well. We got 10.21 gigawatts <laughs> or whatever. So this is a com- combination of the power that it takes to power the DeLorean and the device that <laughs> is required for time travel. So mm. welcome, Gigaflux. Nice to have you here. Sick Twin Turbos. I, it's, the theme seems to be about fast cars Yeah, tonight. hello. <laughs> Why not? So nice to have you joining us. Sick Twin Turbos. G-Man. Nice to have you joining us uh, as a registered viewer now on our website, Category5.tv, and Steve M 57 Great awesome. having you here as well. You can register on our website, Category5.tv. It's free, and you'll be able to uh, get some of the cool features that are only available to registered viewers. I was just showing you like just what? before the show. Well, like what? Uh, I, I, I get an email because I subscribe to all this stuff because I like to know that it's working. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's kind of cool, though. You get an email you know, if you ask for it because we don't mm-hmm. spam or anything. But I got an email here that says, hey, by the way, Hillary Rumble is going to be in the studio. That's We're going to be talking about virtual, uh, virtualizing Android. Uh, 4.1 on PC hardware. Mm-hmm. Category 5 is live. Click here. Hey. That, that just comes in. Just, so it's like, you know, I'm cruising around. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do tonight? Oh, wait. Category I 5 is know. just about on. kind of <laughs> warns you. It's like better than TV Guide. It will show up in your inbox and tell you when the show is happening. That's cool. And if you miss it, you can actually opt in to receive uh, kind of like the the episode afterwards. So if you missed the show, it will actually email you the show and you can download it or watch it right in your browser whatever you want to do kind of cool stuff talk about ease of use that's just a couple of little things that we threw in there for you scooty duck 42 it's nice to see you sounds like uh they've got a scoot if you will but it's uh it's nice seeing you hope you can catch the show on the download after the fact category 5.tv all right shall we get to it pitter patter let's get at her straight to it busy show folks we're always moving shaking here. That's it. Let us begin with our first question of the eve. Da, da, da. Comes <laughs> to us from M. Allen West. Hey, M. Allen West. Well, thanks for your question. Here we go. Hi, Robbie. The program called <coughs> Blue Stack Plus, um, ADW underscore mod underscore launcher, is for Windows and Mac only. It will smoothly let you run most Android games and software on your computer. Is there any software out there that I can use on my Linux desktop that'll be able to run Android apps? P.S. Love your show. Yeah, cheers. Okay, so we're using Bluestack to run Android apps on Windows or Mac. How can we do this on Linux? And one of the things that's neat about the day and age that we live in right now is that we don't need to turn always to emulators in order to get things done, we can turn instead to virtualization, hmm. which is a cool technology. It seems a little bit overwhelming when you're first learning it because to think that you can run multiple operating systems, basically multiple computers on a single piece of computer hardware is a little bit like, whoa. 
hurts my brain thinking about it. I remember when I was just learning virtualization, it seemed it seemed crazy to be able to like multitasking is one thing, but actually being able to swap between different yeah. operating systems. So I could have Windows running in Linux and another Linux distribution and whatever else. <laughs> all at once running in virtualization but it's amazing technology and it allows you to do Mm -hmm. so much and it allows you to do things like testing or playing android games on a windows computer or on a mac Mm -hmm. or on linux so how can we do that on linux well let me tell you (laughs) i bring up my browser nice and simple we're just going to get things started what we're going to do is we're going to grab a piece of software that is available uh for you on whether whether you be on windows mac or linux so i'm going to go androvm.org it's short for kind of like android virtual machine but it's androvm.org so there we go it's kind of like a blog layout. You can read all about it, find out what's new from Dan, the developer. He was uh, formerly involved uh, in creating the Buildroid uh, application, which was kind of like a uh, ROM-based uh, Android kind of system, but now very focused on virtualization, which I think is amazing. Uh, so let's let's actually get this thing set up tonight. I'm going to do this in real time. Nothing is pre-recorded, so we've got so much room for error. And uh, this, th- if you follow along, this is a good opportunity for you to kind of learn how this is done. So on this website here, <clears throat> I'm going to go into download. Here we go. So there's a few things that I've got to explain to you. First of all, you see all these OVA files. OVA files are fantastic because they are basically um, they're virtual box uh, or virtual machine um, appliances. So in this case, it's an open format. They are virtual appliances, so an open virtual appliance. Uh, So all of these files are distributed as open virtual appliances. They're very, very easy to deploy on your computer, which is basically to say install them. Now, the first thing is, is that I do have VirtualBox installed, and you're going to need that. That goes without saying. So I'm just going to actually bring up VirtualBox just to show you what it looks like. (laughs) Keyboard was lagging there for a second. Here we go. VirtualBox is the actual platform that we're going to use, the software that allows us to virtualize. And here's where things are neat because VirtualBox is available for Windows, Linux, or Mac. So it doesn't matter what platform you're using, you're going to be able to do what we're demonstrating today. So it's completely agnostic as to what operating system you're running, but it gives you virtualization technology within your computer. Sweet. Yeah. So let's see if I can get that up here. (laughs) I love Unity. I love it. (laughs) That is sarcasm. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. That's the beauty of live... uh 10 television entertainment folks. Remember the days when you can just click on applications, system tools, no Oracle VirtualBox? No more, I say. I like those days. We're going to be looking at a mate-driven Linux distribution very, very soon. Uh, we're just waiting for the final release. And we're going to be showing it to you. Mm-hmm. So that's a fork of uh, GNOME 2. Oh. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Come on, Unity, don't dis- don't. There we go. Beauty. There. That is VirtualBox, my friends. Now you notice that I, are, I already have Windows 7 installed, and I've got a couple of little servers that are running Debian. Those are, that's all very, very cool. So what we want to do today, though, all that to say, yeah, I've got VirtualBox installed. You're going to need VirtualBox. How much does VirtualBox cost? Nothing. It's absolutely free. It gives you virtualization technology in your computer, whether you be using Windows, Mac, or Linux. Go over to virtualbox.org. You can get your hands on that. If you're running Linux, you can find the installers uh, already in your favorite repositories. You can bring up uh, Ubuntu Software Center, for example, and install VirtualBox. Um, Or if you prefer, you can use the repositories that are provided at virtualbox.org. That's going to make sure that you have the absolute latest version as opposed to what they release in the Ubuntu repositories. So back to the website that we're on here, which is the uh, androvm.org. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just bear with me as I deal with a Ubuntu bug here, folks. It's all good. Yeah. Because these things happen occasionally, so... 
It wouldn't be real life unless we showed what could happen in real life. But we haven't even gotten to the feature yet, and Ubuntu is... Well, it is what it is, you know? This thing's got a mind of its own. Hey, Popey. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Why is it opening? The I think what's happened is that it's decided to open every application Why? that's in my dash. Oh, here we it go. It literally is going through my dash and opening oh, okay. every single application. Okay, I'm going to close this as Heather frantically tries to get a screenshot of this. Screenshot of the chaos that's <laughs> close, close, close. before our very All right. eyes. I'm back to a normal desktop. Oh, boy. Beauty. This is, this is it, peeps. This is. I'm going to talk real really world. nicely to Mark right now. Mark, can we please just proceed with the feature? Who's Mark? Is that your computer? <laughs> we'll just pretend. Is this a reference to like a 1982 pop? No, this is culture? a reference to the gentleman who created Ubuntu for us and oh, decided to I thought his name integrate was all else. these wonderful. Never things. mind. Yeah. I'm thinking of someone else. Okay. So here we are on this androvm.com org website we, we've got the downloads up here here's what i want to explain to you so we know what an ova file is now and you see here there are many different versions now there's the tp another tp with g apps and houdini and flash then we've got a p then we've got another p and we've got a t and we've got a t so what on earth are we supposed to do here what are we supposed to download well we just have to understand what each of those represents so mm. t is for tablet p is for phone. Oh. Seems simple. Yes. All right, so just keep that in mind. So <laughs> do you want to download the T version, which is tablet only, no phone features? Mm. Do you want to install the P version, which would be phone features but no tablet features? Or in our case, we want to go with TP, which is tablet and phone features. Yes. And the reason we want to do that is because some apps will only install on an Android phone mm. and not a tablet. So it's good to have the TP version then you basically have the all-round system that gives you tablet and phone functionality on Android. Fair enough. All right, so we're going to also go with the version that has Google Apps and Houdini and Flash. It just makes things kind of more functional out of the box because we're going to have um, the ability to install apps and things like that. So here we go. Okay, there we are. We're going to go with the TP version with G Apps, Houdini, and Flash. Click. What do you want to do? Open with Oracle VM VirtualBox or in your system, because I'm running Ubuntu, that's what it gives me. You might just save it and then from VirtualBox, look at what you can do. You can go File, Import Appliance. That's another option. Mm -hmm. In my case, I'll just tell it, you know what? I'm just gonna actually open it with VirtualBox. Here we go, 20 seconds. Ooh, look at it go. Yeah. So what we're actually doing here, Hillary, is we're downloading all of Android OS. And it's already created into an, a nice little appliance for us, which VirtualBox takes and sets up a virtual machine, mm -hmm. which emulates all the hardware that's necessary to run Android OS. Nice. Yeah. Done all the hard work for us. Because it's an OVA file, it's already set up. It's already configured. That's Thank you, nice. Dan. Uh, has done a fantastic job of setting this up for us, and, and it just works out of the box, right? It's mm. just going to go. So here we go. A couple seconds left here. Anticipation's I killing know. me. Firefox Download Manager should have like some intense music. <laughs> okay, here we go. So th these are the appliance settings that it's going to give you. All right, we can leave everything as is. But for me, I like to set reinitialize the MAC address of all network cards. It's usually best to do that in in a lot of scenarios. It just creates a new MAC address for the uh, for the card, kind of based on a random algorithm, so that you don't ever end up with two network cards that share the same. Uh, MAC address, which would be a problem. So we'll just check that off. Go import. Very, very simply, this is just going to quickly create a virtual machine and install Whoa. it, and that it's good to go. Fast. So now my virtual machine, I should be able just to double-click on this, and we'll see what happens. Now what we're doing is we're actually booting up another operating system within our, our Linux computer, or you might Ooh. be on Windows or Mac, and there we go. It's the Android bootloader. And this, again, cool. is Android 4.1. So we're just going to let that boot. Now, I've got my Android tablet. I've got to say, it's, it's 
pretty fantastic and we're seeing more and more we're going to be talking a little bit later uh, you were mentioning that you're going to be talking about the Ouya mm-hmm. gaming console which is powered by Android so I think we're seeing more and more that gaming is going the route of Android uh, we looked at the mini PC from Rico Magic uh, a few weeks ago and you notice one of the things is that well this would be great for gaming up on the TV somebody said to me well what's the use in it and then you, you start realizing that well now Ouya is coming out so mm-hmm. there's a big you know, push for Android on the TV kind of thing. Gaming is going to be revolutionized by the fact that it can just be purchased from Google Play, a couple bucks for a game, and you can play it up on your screen. So things are really changing that way, and the mobile operating system is kind of becoming uh, interchangeable with the desktop and things like that. This is also great for web designers and things. If you want to be able to test your websites, make sure that they work with an Android tablet, Mm -hmm. for example. You can run it this way, using virtualization. That is cool. Yeah, so let's set up our account. This is It's actually booted. I'm going to go start. If you uh, have a Google account, you can add it right now. I'm going to say no just to skip over it. All right, uh, do you want to get a Google account? I'm going to say not right now. We just want to get booted up and running. Do you want to use Wi-Fi location? I'm going to disable that. Do you want to let Google Apps access your location? I'm going to say no to that because I like the privacy of saying no to that. Time zone. Good to go with Eastern Standard. Your name? Robbie Ferguson. That's you, Laurie. That is me. All right, I agree that uh, we might get some updates from Google. Thank you very much. My tablet, remember, this is actually a virtual machine, but it thinks this is a tablet, is all set up and ready to use. So I'm going to go finish. And there we go. We are in Android OS. So, hey, it says touch here or push OK. There we go. And there we go. So I can click on there. There's my apps. Oh, press and hold. No problem. We know how that works. And I can see that, you know, this is a fully functional Android OS. But the one thing that we're missing here is 3D acceleration. We're currently running in a 2D kind of environment. So we want to actually be able to run games. We want to be able to run 3D applications. So we need to actually set it up to do that. So how we're going to do that, there's a couple of things that we need to do. First thing I'm going to do, remember this is a phone, it's a tablet, right? I don't have anything open, so I'm just going to kill the power. I'm going to hit the X, and it's going to say, what do you want to do? Power off the machine. There's really no shutdown, per se. It's not like a Windows or a Linux computer where you've got to go shut down. It's a phone. You're turning off the power. So now that it's powered off, I'm going to right-click on it and go Settings, and go to Display. Now, these are the settings within VirtualBox. Okay, so this is the virtualization. So under Settings and Display, you can see Enable 3D Acceleration. That's going to give us the ability to use 3D Acceleration within our Android tablet, our virtual Android tablet. So I've turned that on, and now I'm going to double-click again. And we're going to boot that thing up. Here we go. So we're going to go through that same process again where it's just, and, and I didn't have to boot it up the first time. Obviously, I could have simply just set that setting first mm-hmm. and uh, and then boot it up. But I wanted to show you that, hey, this is a real working yeah, Android sure. system. So now that I've booted up for the second time, now that I've already got everything configured, r- remember, this is a tablet, so it thinks, right? So I'm going to push my finger there, which is my mouse, right? And drag to the unlock with my mouse. And now I'm unlocked. So now that we have the ability to run... 3D on this hardware, this virtual (laughs) hardware, we need to tell the operating system that, hey, okay, we're going to use 3D here. So I click on my apps menu there, and we're going to go to Andro VM Configuration. There are two things that I need to do here. The first thing is I want to enable Hardware OpenGL. So that's now that I've got 3D acceleration, I can support that, and I can turn on OpenGL hardware support. Now I want to go force status bar, because one of the things that you know is that I don't have a multi-touch device in order to control this. Mm-hmm. It would be really, really helpful if I had that status bar at the bottom that allowed me to just go home, yeah. go to my home screen, or go back. So this is going to actually add the status bar to the bottom that, that allows me to, to navigate a little bit more easily with a simple mouse. Okay, so when I do this, your system, I'm going to be very clear here, now that I've enabled OpenGL, I will not be able to boot this up in VirtualBox anymore. 
Okay, so let me be very clear with that. Once you've enabled OpenGL within Android OS through Android VM, you are no longer going to be able to boot up the virtual machine. So be mindful of that. Okay, mm. and I'm going to show you why that is and how we get how we actually operate this. But within VirtualBox, you're going to lose access to that machine. So now I'm going to go save. And it's going to say, do you want to reboot? We've made some settings, setting changes here that are going to uh, require a reboot. So I'm going to say yes, and it's going to power off and do a reboot. Now, while I'm, <clears throat> while I'm waiting for that, I'm actually going to go back to androvm.org in the, down <coughs> me, the download section and scroll down to the androvm player. Okay? So they, they are available for Windows, Linux, and Mac OS. Now, I'm on a 64-bit Linux, so I actually want to get the 64-bit Linux Andro VM player. This is now, for 3D accelerated graphics, this is what we require in order to run our virtual machine. Hmm. So I'm going to actually open that with Archive Manager. Now I have this. I'm going to extract this. Now remember that, of course, if you're running Windows, you're going to download the Windows version, be it 32-bit or 64-bit. Probably if you're on Windows 7, you're going to have, uh, or Windows 8, you're going to have 64-bit most likely. <clears throat> if you're on Mac, 64-bit, you're going to download that version. I'm on a 64-bit Linux, so I'm going to download the appropriate version to my operating mm -hmm. system and so on. Okay? So now I'm just going to extract that to my desktop just so that I have it in a readily accessible spot. Okay. There we go. Show the files. And now I've got a folder called Andro VM Player. Okay? Now if I go back to my virtual machine, which is still running, you'll notice, what did I say? You're never going to be able to boot it again. It's rebooting. It's just sitting there and not really going anywhere. So I'm going to actually double-click on Andro VM Player, which I've just downloaded and extracted, and I'm going to run that. Oh, and it looks like it is going to boot, but that's fine. What, I'm going to actually, what I can actually do is now I can close that. Okay, power it off. I'm going to run that Andro VM player. <clears throat> and this is going to become our new front end for that virtual machine. So it's important to do these steps in the order in which we've done them here. Mm -hmm. We've installed the virtual machine into VirtualBox. It's ready to go. Uh, but we, and we've set it up for OpenGL support. But now we want to use the Andro VM player in order to actually run that virtual machine. So now that we have the virtual machine installed, it actually shows up in this list in Andro VM Player. Okay? So that's the actual virtual machine that we imported right. into Oracle VirtualBox. So we don't want to power it on from here anymore because then we're not going to have the proper 3D. We want to use the Andro VM Player. Okay? So you can use preset resolutions if you have a, you know, a display that will support that. In my case, I want to actually set it to 720p and full screen so that it fills the screen for you. And now I'm going to click Run. Before I do that, I'm just going to move my virtual box over here so that we can see that it's actually going to trigger the virtual machine using a headless virtual box instance. So if I hit Run, this is kind of cool. It's going to prompt us first and say, okay, there's a couple settings that we need in order to actually run in 3D accelerated mode. So do you want to do all this stuff? So I'm going to say, yeah, enable hardware acceleration, set up my network adapter, and now it says starting the VM. And notice what's happening on VirtualBox in the bottom layer there. It's actually begun starting the virtual machine. Oh. All right. There we go. That's cool. So you can see down here, it's running. Mm -hmm. And over on the right-hand side, it's actually just a black screen with a bunch of kind of PID errors and you know weird things like that that you don't really see. So now if all goes well, now see it says impossible to detect the VM IP address. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually close that, and then I'm going to hit run again. It's going to try to connect to the virtual machine again, which is now running already, and now Almost there. <laughs> Run that again. VM player. Okay, let's try connecting again. There we go. Okay, third time's a charm. We're connected. Cool. So now we're connected using OpenGL, and it is going to support full 3D. So we're just waiting for that to boot up. I'm going to hit F11 on my keyboard to bring that up full screen, and now you can see that I have a full Ooh. OpenGL enabled um, Android 4.1. So if, if all went well... I should be able to do things like live desktop and, and things like that to show that uh, 
that we do indeed have OpenGL support. So let's let's try that live wallpaper, I mean. Here we go. Load up some bubbles. And there we go. Ooh. Set wallpaper. Look at that. Beautiful. So now we're running a virtual machine with full OpenGL support. We can set up our uh, Google Play account, which you're going to need in order to install applications and things like that. So you can go into the Play Store. It'll prompt you for your user information, mm -hmm. your credentials. Yeah. Do you want to use an existing account or create a new one, for example? And notice again at the bottom there, I've added the status bar, which mm -hmm. gives me the ability to move around a little bit easier using my mouse. Okay, so basic uh, Android usage is to say, okay, well, I want my browser on my desktop, so I just hold in browser, and then I drag it there and pop it onto my desktop. So now, anytime I want access to my web browser, I can just click on it and it goes. Oh, cool. Cool. Right? And now again, I've got a home button at the bottom, so I can click on that to get out. So that is a, a fantastic and, and quite simple way to mm -hmm. be able to... Um, run Android on your standard hardware. And again, this will work on Mac, Linux, or Windows. Uh, I'm doing it on, on Linux, and there are a few different things. You know, I can do other stuff, too. Like, I can get out of full screen by hitting F11 and keeping in mind, you know, that this is a virtual machine. I can, I can move it around my screen. I can be doing other things. It's really, really cool. And just remember to use that Android VM player in order to launch your virtual machine from now on, now that we've configured it for OpenGL. Right. If you don't want 3D, if you want to just use it for testing websites and things, then you can just always leave that setting as unset yeah. and use just the standard installation. You can use VirtualBox to boot it up. So that's AndroVM from AndroVM.org. Uh, do check that out. And as I said, excellent for testing websites and things if you're a web designer. Love cool. it. Cool. And a lot of fun. Yeah, that Ang looks fun. Angry birds on your Linux desktop. <laughs> How perfect. How perfect. That's what we do here. We just pretty much look for ways to get an angry birds onto your devices. Yeah. So now we just we just killed three devices with one stone. That, well, that's Windows and Linux yeah, and Mac. So that is really cool. How do you like that? Angry birds should be a sponsor. <laughs> you know who to call. You know who to call. 254-522-8588. There you have it. All right. Hill, you ready for the news? Oh, it's just, it's not time, you know? It time is. Flies when you're having fun. I know, I Learn can't believe. Loss, and here we go. Speaking of fun. Speaking of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These are our news stories coming at you. You may remember us mentioning the Ouya gaming system way back when, when they were raising money through the project, uh, for the project through Kickstarter. Well, the time has arrived. The new game console, which experts say could disrupt the industry, has begun shipping to customers. Nice. The Ouya system costs just $99 and runs Google's Android operating system. Games on the system will be a fraction of the cost of traditional console games, more compatible to those found on mobiles and tablets. The company has begun sending out consoles to the first supporters of the project, while other interested gamers can pre-order the device at ouya.tv. That's O-U-Y-A dot TV. Excellent. Apple has been denied a trademark for the popular iPad Mini by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The trademark, appli trademark application for the tablet was turned down because the name was merely descriptive and did <laughs> not create a unique meaning, they said. But Apple still has until July to persuade the patent office that the smaller tab tablet differs sufficiently from its iconic sibling. In similar news, Google has failed to secure the trademark for Google Blue because it's literally just blue. In trying to bring email into the 21st century, uh, we are faced with a challenge. How do we completely redesign and recreate something while keeping it exactly the same? The answer is Gmail Blue. You click on Compose, the button Compose, blue. The word Compose itself, blue. Boldface is blue, underline is blue. Italics is blue as well. You write in the body of the email, the font comes up blue. You don't have to make it blue, it is blue. It just is blue. And that reminds us, Google went all out with April Fool's jokes this year. If you weren't impressed by the new Gmail Blue, you may have been astounded at the new technology behind Google Knows. 
a state-of-the-art search system which not only allowed you to search by smell, but also smell the things you are searching for. Want to know what the inside of an Egyptian tomb smells like? Google knows, knows. From the treasure map mode, mode of Google Maps to shutting down YouTube until 2023, um, <laughs> sprucing up the street view image of your house and a brand new Export to 3.5 inch floppy disk feature on analytics. Google really was the ultimate prankster this April Fools. Crazy. What a hoot. UK-based scientists have designed an intelligent microchip which they claim can suppress the appetite. Its makers <laughs> say it could provide a more effective alternative to weight loss surgery. The chip is attached to the vagus nerve, which plays a role in appetite as well as the host of other functions within the body. The chip and cuffs are designed to read and process electrical and chemical signatures of appetite within the nerve. The chip can then act upon these readings and send electrical signals to the brain, reducing or stopping the urge to eat. Okay, let me get this straight. So if I go to eat when I'm not hungry, it electrocutes me. You're not hungry. Uh, okay. Don't eat. This is like eat. taking that little oinky pig that is a motion sensor uh, to the next level. <laughs> you ever seen one of those? You open the fridge and oink, oink. It's supposed to like make you... Make you feel yeah, bad and not... Feel bad about... Emotionally eat or whatever. Late night snacks. This yeah. one will zap you. I don't think it really does. Wow. It's kind of scary. It seems really interesting. Mm. Uh, the developers say that unlike gastric banding, the chip would reduce both consumption and hunger pangs mm. and was therefore more likely to be effective. Human trials of the implant could be begin within three years. Ooh, that's wow. cool. And we may be a ways off from a holodeck, but a new product which essentially puts the display in air is called Displayer, and it's making its way to the market. Displayer wow. is a new generation computer device forming the image in the air, operated with the fingertips, much like a traditional tablet. Displayer is entering the advertising market with its first interactive air screen. The Russian company introduced its innovative product on March 5th at CBIT in Hanover, Germany, and has been receiving a lot of attention for its holographic-like display. That is so cool. That is cool. You can get these full stories online and read a bit more about them at category5.tv slash newsroom. The category5.tv newsroom is researched by Rory W. Nash with contributions from our amazing community of viewers. If you hear something cool happening on the interwebs in the wonderful world of technology, send us an email at newsroom at category5.tv. From the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Hillary Rumble. Thanks, Hill. Tonight's show is brought to you in part by Cordery Electric at corderyelectric.com. Also, uh, get over to Netflix at cat5.tv slash Netflix. They're going to hook you up with a free one-month trial of the service, and it is fantastic. You're going to love it cat5.tv slash Netflix. And of course, tonight's show is also brought to you by NetTalk Duo Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. Check them out at cat5.tv slash phone to cut to slash your phone bill Ooh. by completely eliminating it. Nice. That's how we do it, folks. We like it. We love it. I love using technology to save money. Hey, who doesn't? Because most of my technology costs me money. <laughs> so yeah. how do you like that? <laughs> how do you like that? Well... We uh, should hop into some viewer questions, uh, I think. Um, I want to say hey to everybody. Always want to give greets, but I know that we've got lots of new viewers watching on YouTube this week. LinuxTechShow.com is our brand new channel, and it's been receiving rave reviews, and we've been getting a, a yeah. ton of viewers there. Uh, we'd love to have your subscriptions, though. I mean, it's fantastic when we've got your views. Uh, but get over to linuxtechshow.com. That's going to forward you over to our, our YouTube channel. And it's a special channel where you just get little snippets of Category 5 Technology TV. But make sure, please, that you subscribe and watch all the videos and like them and share them share with your friends. Them. Yeah, post them on Google+. Post them on Facebook. Post them on Twitter. Anywhere. Uh, like them on on YouTube, favorite them. Like what else could you do with our videos? Pretty much anything yeah. to embed them into your websites and blogs. Definitely. I think that's good. Did you know that we do not block our videos from anywhere? Because we want to share the good news. You ever been on YouTube and and you're you, you know you're using 
your computer, or, you, or let's say it happens quite often on a mobile device. You're want, trying to get a video, and it says this is not available to your yes, device, and it's like, I oh, that's that. so annoying. That you know annoying. why people do that? No, I never knew why. Because they can't get paid for your view. On and it's like, come uh, on, folks. It's not all about the money. It's about I want the video to be accessible to you. So we've set it so that all of the videos are entirely open to anyone who wants to watch them. Now, we don't have any control if you've got a firewall at your place of business or, or well, something like that yes. that blocks YouTube. <laughs> That's out of yeah. our, our, our hands. But we're certainly not going to block things on account of you getting around the advertising or something like that. Mm-hmm. So just be mindful of that. But the advertising helps us out. So, you know, don't, don't use an ad blocker on our sites because... Uh, we try to be non-intrusive, but it does help us out. Helps us pay the bills. Keep the lights on. Because we're a free show, people. Free. This brain Absolutely power free. is for free. I'll just give it to you. Download it through the microchip that they're going to implant in your Vegas nerve. Vegas nerve. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I'll never be hungry again, despite the fact that we always talk about food. I know. I'm just like we we started the show talking about chocolate. chocolate. I'm actually wanting you. I'm kind of waiting Hi. for you to pass it over, and then too bad you guys. We're can't talking have any about of this. this microchip. Microchip. <laughs> I'm gonna eat all this chocolate now while I still can. <laughs> One. Maybe after I read this super long question. Okay, you read that, and then you can have like three or four. Okay, thank you okay. for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, people. I know you're dying to get some answers. This comes just from Mike. Hey, Mike. Hello, Robbie. I am using Linux Mint 14 Mate. I have set it up as a Samba server, but also want to enable FTP so that I am able to use G4U in some cases. While the FTP is working okay, the problem I am getting, um, as many other people from what I gather, is that the newer versions of VS FTPD seem to have a bug causing the jail function not to work. I've looked at a number of pages, like help pages online, but I'm finding them confusing and I can't really follow them. Is it possible for you to give me an easy to understand example in the form of a VSFTPD.conf file Hmm. um, and any command line instructions that I may need in order to make... um, for the jail users to in order to get her done yeah at the moment i've created a user through the users and groups gui um who is set up and is an underprivileged user i'm including a copy of my current file for you to look at i have seen reference to creating separate user files and ch root files but i've tried that and i've been unable to get them to work i think i'm missing something somewhere and we need to figure it out okay many thanks in advance mike i i don't I don't pretend to be a VSFTP uh, D guru, but I do know about system config VSFTPD. So I'm going to direct you toward that. It's on SourceForge, and I'll give you the links for it. Let's take a quick look. This is a, a GUI that comes specifically, uh, it's, it's specifically for VSFTPD which is the very secure FTP daemon. I'm very thankful that that's up there because it makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so you'll see that uh, that it gives you the ability to, to set up a, a jail list and and can help you because it's a GUI. I, and I think you know it's, it's great to be able to do things in the terminal, but sometimes it's easier just to use the GUI because you've got a, a desktop on there anyway, so it just makes it simpler. Um, so check that out. It's uh, I'll post the link actually in the... Um, in the chat room right now just so that you have it and of course I'll also post the link to uh, to that software the VSFTPD config um, in the show notes for episode number 289 perfect I think that's going to help you because it's specifically designed to help you do those things now I don't know about the jail bug Jailing, basically, just so we understand what jailing means. If a user connects into FTP, you want to lock them down to a certain folder on the computer. You don't want them to be able to browse private yeah, areas of your computer. For sure. And if you're sharing your FTP 
and allowing other people to connect. You don't want them to be able to go back into your ETC folder and look at your configuration files or go into other user folders and download your documents and all that kind of stuff and private things. Um, that just would be a mess. So um, jailing locks them down to a particular folder on that computer. That said, it's always a good idea, too. I mean, if you're using FTP, I, I'm kind of an anti-FTP advocate because I, I just don't like the lack of security. I use SSH, especially because you're using a, a Linux computer. I'd be looking more toward SFTP, uh, SFTP. And that could actually be what's happening. Uh, you might be trying to set up SSH, FTP, SFTP, um, which is a little bit of a different thing because it's it's set up through SSH. So if that's the case, then let us know because um, VSFTBD is your FTP server, which is unsecure. So. Well, there you have it. Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, there are lots of resources, and it's a big question because VSFTPD is like a, an entire, you know, it's a server for FTP, right? The, mm-hmm. From configuration, uh, I'll set up cat5.tv slash VSFTPD. That will take you to a document that kind of helps you um, set things up. Let's actually bring it up on the screen just so that, just in case uh, that's helpful to you okay. for anyone who wants to do it. Cat5.tv is our URL shortener, so I've got VSFTPD. Just like that. Okay, hit enter. That's going to take you to uh, an article on linuxhomenetworking.com that walks you through the entire process of setting oh. setting it up and, and how it works and you know why it works and how you're supposed to set it up. And I've also got this other one which I've now set up at cat5.tv slash vsftpjail, okay, without the D. And when you go to that one, it's going to take you to this article, uh, this forum post, pardon me, which I found here. They're talking about the same kind of thing where you're having trouble with, uh, with jailing. And this user kind of goes into some details that they've actually used system config VSFTPD. Um, this is Amethad. And apparently, they have some very noisy advertisements on that website, so I just have to close that real quick. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Mute your speakers. Where is that coming from? Yeah, whoa, I hear music. It's <laughs> the heavenly semaphores. Yeah. Uh, but that's that. That should ha- help direct you anyway. So, here's hoping. Right Let on. us know. I'm not the VSFTPD guru. That's okay. Love SSH. That's the way I go. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your insight. Oh, I got <laughs> a, actually another email from him. Oh yeah, awesome. I think it's from him or another Mike. Oh, it is from him. Me again. Just want to say thanks for your welcome to your show on Tuesday night. Hey. I watched the video of it on Wednesday, and on the show you welcomed Mike. This is like his username. Oh yes, Mike Gatekmer, Mister Gatekmer. Gatekmer. G eight K M R. Got it. So it's not a gamer. Anyways, right. as a new viewer, I'm not sure if you spotted that. In fact, it was me. Hey. The gamer bit is my call sign on the radio. I cool. use the PC to control one of my radios, which is the Flex 5000A, a nice. software uh, defined radio manufactured in the US. This cool. is the link to their website. Oh, he attaches it. Cool if you're interested in looking. Flex-radio.com, it looks like. That's very cool. Uh, so this is like ham radio operations. I should have known. So... Um, loads of our viewers love to use the ham radio. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's old school. It's like I love to receive real legitimate mail. <laughs> you know, it's just that's that's the way I am. Uh, yeah, cool. And it's also neat to to figure out who's who as well with the chat room and different people's different usernames and code. figuring out who's emailing us and you know because we don't always make that cor- that correlation. So yes, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to keep yeah. everyone straight. There's just so many friends. Thanks for the email, Mike. Yeah. Pretty cool. Got me another email coming awesome. to us from M. Allen West. Oh, from before as well. Oh, yeah. Hey, M. Allen West. Saying, here's some fun Linux and open source news. Mm, we love it. What is it? A Linux distribution was on TV show Person of Interest. Hey, I've noticed that. I've been. That's cool. Have you seen that show? I have not. Oh, yet. Hillary. <laughs> what are you watching right now? I'm stuck on the island of Lost. Nice. I am like sucked right in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've gotten, so you've gotten through all the, the, mysterious, 
polar bears. Yeah, and I've made my way I to... I got the, the smoke monster. Uh, yeah, made it through that. Now I'm on to the wild uh, people of the island, the others. Right, yeah. So that's right. where I am right now. Yes. It's really good. Have so you no. met Benjamin Linus yet? Ah, there's... How's that for a segue, folks? Ooh. Have you met Benjamin Linus in Lost? I'm not sure. Not actually met. Not in real life. Okay. Well, he's coming soon. Hmm. Okay. Uh, uh. Benjamin Linus finally met Jesus in person of interest. Oh. <laughs> what? Benjamin Linus is one of the bad guys in Lost. Yeah. And his counter, the guy he works with in person of interest is the guy who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. Boy, this is confusing. So, <laughs> so you got good guy, bad guy. It's hilarious. Anyway, um, interesting. But Person of Interest is an amazing show. I, I got to pull this up. Um, but it, I, we're not even sponsored by them. I don't even know if I should say it. But we'd we, like we've to really, be. We've really been enjoying it. <laughs> it's a really great show. Here's, here's a little plug for free. If yeah. You, uh... Okay. Well, let's bring up the email. Yeah, he sent. Because I want to a... see. But I have noticed that they run Ubuntu on on the show, and I've seen different flavors of. Maybe Debian and different things, but I have seen Unity on there, and uh, or it could have been GNOME three. That's true, mm. true too. So this is from M. Allen West. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what he sends us here, folks. Are you watching Person of Interest at home? Love to know if you're following along with us. Bring us all together. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. It's, uh, fun how it all works out. All right. Got your email up here. Okay, we've got a couple of links here that I wanted to pull up. Okay, so what do we got? We've got a YouTube link, so this is probably video. It's only <laughs> nine seconds, so I think we can play it. There we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. There we go. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely uh, a flavor. It's not Ubuntu. It has... Now, we, we see a couple of telltale signs. We see applications down at the bottom left. So I'm thinking that, and, and this is a, a file space uh, application. I'm, I can't remember the name of it, but it actually shows you the, the files on your hard drive in a graphical representation. And then we've got terminal window over on the right. They, they do, it's funny how they use Linux to, to make it look like they're hackers. There you go. And Benjamin Linus, a.k.a. Uh, Finch. Oh, wait. Yeah, I have seen him. Yeah? On Lost, I have. Now you have? Okay. Just really complicated to explain, but yeah, I know what's going on now. You do? I'm good. All right. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah, we love uh, love the reference. Yeah, and then there's another interesting little tidbit. Yes. Um, that GIMP was used on a sci-fi show called Face Off. Sci-fi show Face Off. Sci-fi the Network? Face oh off. yeah, okay. Oh right, right. Face right. off where they used um, photoshopping techniques and things like that to create all these kind of illusions. That so they is in fact used the GIMP in this. Really cool. How cool is that? Yeah. Hmm. Hey, we'll post links because it's easier for us just to post links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Episode number two eighty nine, rather than actually showing them on the on the screen. Yeah. It's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the note. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That is interesting. So if you care to see those, it's uh, category5.tv. Uh, go to the episodes and find episode number 289. You'll see the links there. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got, Hill? Well. Anything at all? Or anybody in the chat room have a question yeah, for us? Yeah, what about peeps in the chat room? Someone's at Dennis Kelly's asking about Criminal Minds. Does the geek chick use Linux? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, then. Somebody investigate that. Report back, okay? There you go. All right. Well, hey, if, if there's no questions in the chat room, I want to talk to you about Facebook and, and some of the concerns that surround Let's. the things that you like on Facebook. Let me tell you a little story. Okay. I would love to hear it. I got a good friend who is, uh, you, you know that he's, he's not going to post anything objectionable on his Facebook mm-hmm. wall. It's just not him. It's not his nature. And all of a sudden, some very vulgar things appeared oh, <laughs> on his Facebook profile. Oh, dear. And of course, he's at a loss. He thinks he's been hacked. Mm-hmm. Somebody's actually hacked my Facebook account. 
that's his thinking. So he changed his password and then deleted the posts, and then the posts showed up again. Oh, come well, on. Well, how did that happen? How did the hacker get back into my yeah. profile when I changed my password? And the fact is, is that he hasn't been hacked at all. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen, let's say I like Canadian Tire, a, a store here in Canada. Like. Yeah, so I like it on Facebook. Have you ever noticed that every few months or so, all of a sudden, it will show Robbie Ferguson, and here's an ad from Canadian Tire, and yeah. Canadian Tire has a sale on patio furniture this week, and it's showing as if I wrote it, right? Have you ever noticed that? Some things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Have you ever noticed something like that on your Facebook walls? And you're like, what it's because the you liked it, and you've basically authorized their pages to, to post on your wall, on your profile, right? Mm. So what happens, and what happened to my friend here, is that he's a contest machine. He loves to win stuff, or at least to try to win stuff. I can't blame him. So how many times do you get this where, you know, okay, like our page, and we'll put you in a draw for a new iPad. Like our page, and we'll put you in a draw for this or that, or a new house, or a vacation. And I... I'm pretty sure from watching his wall on occasion that he likes all of this stuff because he thinks he's going to win. Well, yeah, hello. And sure, he's won a couple cool things, and that's great. But what happens is, okay, so this some obscure website says, like us to win an iPad. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to win an iPad, so I like them. And then I forget all about it. And then six months later, unbeknownst to me, that was actually a bit of a scam to get people to like their page and now they are blasting be it you know objectionable material or advertising or Mm -hmm. some other thing through your wall and through other people's walls of people who have liked that in order to win an ipad or whatever device it is that they're hoping to win yeah and so you're frantically thinking oh no i've been hacked all of these posts are coming up on my wall and my friends are (laughs) just unfriending me they don't like which is like yeah that's like the worst thing that you could do to someone on facebook uh for the record for my friend i just kind of i removed their posts from my wall temporarily and put them back when they've when they got it fixed but here's (laughs) what happens is that they they've actually let you've liked a page you've forgotten about it and you've left it liked Mm -hmm. and so now they have the control at any time to start posting things on your wall weird yeah and apps are another big problem because people don't realize that if you add apps to your uh to your facebook you're actually authorizing that app the app developer you're trusting them to treat your stuff privately and so you think well i've set up all the privacy rules on my profile and so people who aren't a part of my friends and family can't see my stuff but then i installed this game that i've never heard of before it seems pretty cool played it a couple times and then i forgot about it and it's still installed on my profile well that game has access to all of my friends and all of my posts and all of my pictures and it's Mm -hmm. not really a game it's actually some kind of malware that's watching me and watching my friends and maybe saving the data for aggregation later who knows so there's all these kinds of things you just got to watch out what you like what you add to your facebook profile and uh, and just be wary of that and my friend is a perfect example and i'm sorry that that happened to him it, it, it yeah. it's tough too because now you you gotta you gotta work on getting your reputation back you know, because people who follow you on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or something, if yeah. all of a sudden I started posting vulgar things, yeah. you're going to think it was me regardless of if it was some page that I liked six months ago to win an iPad, <laughs> right? You're just oh, going to assume man. that it was me and you'll probably stop following me. I would hope you would. Because you'd be like, what the heck, Robbie? Mm-hmm. Why, what are you saying? What's going on here? Well, that makes me want to like go on my Facebook and just be careful. Yeah, go <laughs> through. Like everything. <laughs> Watch what you liked. Yeah. Because I... You want to make sure it's legit. I'm similar because I'm a contester. Yeah. I liked a gum company the other day so I could get a free sample of gum in the mail. Yeah. Which I got. Very But now good. I'm like, oh, great. So so now Nasty do you stay liking them? And that's a hard thing. And it's unfair to those companies because maybe it's a legitimate gum company who legitimately needs your likes in order to market their yeah. material. But they, they basically now have been authorized to post their gum ads on your profile. So do you want that? I've noticed. It's a hard thing. I think a lot of the real companies respect it, and they only post very for occasionally. Sure. For sure. But then you get ones that start posting really nasty things, and that's where it all goes bad. Ooh. 
Freaky. Yep, so watch out, folks. That is your word of warning for today. Your little insight <laughs> and tip, words yeah. of wisdom from Robbie. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I uh, hope you had a fun time for yet another week of Category 5. Next week is episode number 290. Can you believe it? Okie okay, doodle. Almost 300, people. Almost there. We've never wow. missed a week. We take no break. Not for Christmas. And we have been, not even for Christmas. We were not here Christmas Day singing you Christmas songs. That's the dedication that you get from us. Okay, it was pre-recorded. We did it on the Sunday before. Right, don't tell them our oh. secrets. Oh, yeah. But it was real. It was still an episode. Yep. Yeah. Hillary Rumble fans, you will be so impressed. She will be returning to us again next week. Can you believe it? It's going to be Hillary Overload. So don't miss the show. Episode number 290. <laughs> Very special episode. We'll be here next week. So mm-hmm. take it easy. We'll see you next Tuesday night. Thanks for joining us tonight. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time.